Time for another episode of the Bonfires of Social Enterprise. This is your host, Rami, and I love our guests today. It's Dime Detroit, standing for Detroit Institute of Music Education. We will hear from the founders who took a chance, traded London for Detroit, and began to engage with the young music talent of Detroit, and then further on, Denver. As usual, stay to the end and enjoy a full song from one of the student artists from Dime. Now let's check in with Natalie and see what she has for our fun fuel today. Hello, I'm Natalie Hazen bringing you this episode's fun fuel. Have you ever just drifted off listening to a song and let your mind wander and float with the melody? Great songs allow for just this to happen as our senses are taken on a journey with the artist. Notable musicians, scholars, and presidents each have their own description of music. William Shakespeare said, if music be the food of love, play on. Bono thinks music can change the world because it can change people. Stevie Wonder eloquently stated, music at its essence is what gives us memories and the longer a song has existed in our lives, the more memories we have of it. But I will leave you amazing listeners with one final quote from former United States President Ronald Reagan. He said, life is one grand, sweet song, so start the music. Thanks for listening. Now on to our episode. So interesting. Natalie, you're so fun. I love it. Okay, let's turn our ears to the interview with Kevin Nixon and Sarah Clayman of Dime Detroit. They begin by sharing some of their early success in England, their music label, and how they're empowering the kids of Detroit with music and production today. Let's drop in on the conversation now. Okay, great. Let's get started. Let's talk about Dime. And do you go by Dime or Dime Detroit? Dime Detroit here. Okay. Okay. And we have Dime Denver. And we also have Dime Online, where we have students studying in 22 countries around the world. Yeah. Okay. So what is Dime? Dime? So we are a music institute. Um, We teach guitar, bass, drums, vocal, songwriting, and music industry studies um, at bachelor degree level. We are very focused on getting young people into the music industry and giving them the skills and the academic credentials to be able to earn a full-time living in the music industry. So we're about long-term sustainable careers in music. Wow, that's powerful. So how how did it start? Sure. What? Okay, so it began back in England. Um, We moved from England in 2014. Prior to that, we we originally started in 2001. So Sarah and I have had our whole lives in the music industry. And in the millennium year, music went digital. And so oh, that's when Napster came along and the whole industry changed. And um, we, we were so brilliantly foresight that we thought we'd do something to help the next generation. Not really. <laughs> we actually realized that there was a lot of change going on. And we kept, I kept getting phone calls regularly for, from people who I'd come up through the industry with saying, do you know anybody who could do this job and that job? And some of these jobs were like really senior, like one of them was 
uh, managing director of Columbia Records in the UK. So I start, we started to talk about this and say, well, how come there is not another level of people coming up who are trained and being trained to take these jobs? And we, we started doing some research and we, we, the research within the industry was very easy for us because we yeah. were part of it. Yeah. But we went to a few universities and looked at their music departments and lo and behold, no modern music, all classical and all jazz. And so we actually thought, well, let's do something about this. And we mm. kind of built a rock and roll school. Yeah. And, you know, we realised that unless you have a connection to the music industry, how do young people get in the music industry? Right. You know, it's such a closed shop. Um, and we wanted to change that. We wanted to help young people understand that it wasn't about selling a million records or 10 million records like the Foo Fighters or playing mm -hmm. guitar in your bedroom. There are many, many great jobs and career opportunities within the music industry that young people don't find out about, like starting a merchandise company, being a tour manager, working in publishing. You know, there's so, so many that you can earn a really good living and still do what you love, which is music. Um, and the music industry beats getting a proper job, so, yes, right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was your background? What was your time in the um, music so, industry? Okay, so I actually grew up in the music industry. My father's a concert promoter um, and a theatre promoter. He's worked with artists like Michael Jackson, Barbra Streisand, um, Power Rangers, Prince, Julio Iglesias, Carpenters, like oh, forever. Only those guys. Yeah. But my dad <laughs> was from a generation that didn't need education. So my dad left school at 13. He grew up in the East End of London. Um, and just through a series of coincidences, met Gordon Mills, who managed Tom Jones, who's a big singer uh, yeah. from Wales. And he got into the music industry. And my dad is a brilliant mathematician and he promotes concerts. So he's all about risk taking and making money and understand the risks in deals. So I grew up in that environment and um, when I was 14, I said to my dad, I want to be in the music industry. And he said, no way. It's not an industry for a woman. So I said, well, that makes me want to do it even more, dad. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I started to um, just do some kind of internships with my dad in his office from the age of, you know, 13, 14. And then I went on the road and I learned on tours and production assistant and things like that. And then... I happened to meet the chairman of Sony Music one day and he offered me a job. So wow. I worked at Sony Music in the UK for four and a half years. And that's where I met Kev. Yeah, so Kevin, you were there. What's your background? Then? I was the manager of Sony's biggest UK act at the time, a band called Cool The Shaker. And we've got a few discs oh, up here. Okay. Um, that's one of Sarah's. There's loads around. Um, but I, I, I was also from a music family but I'm a musician so my grandfather was a band leader and he was a jazz guitar player phenomenal jazz guitar player there's many jazz guitar players very few as good as him mm. and so all of his kids so my mum was the eldest my mum is an expert on songwriting and composers wow. And then she's got four brothers and they're all professional jazz musicians as well and I was the first of the next generation so I got to learn from all my family and we've all been brought up on the best music. So the first music I was exposed to was Django Reinhardt, Ella Fitzgerald, Count Basie, Duke Ellington. And I grew up with that until the Beatles exploded. And then I was, because I was the youngest, I became the one who loved all rock and roll. <laughs> and, um, and in our house, everybody went to work at 6 p.m., you know. 
And so I've only ever known about that, really. My dad was a, a soccer player and a professional soccer player. So in our family, you can either play music or play soccer. And, and actually, we're all unemployable outside. Oh, right. <laughs> so you guys met and somehow came up with the idea when you saw the gaps, it sounds yeah. like. Mm-hmm. So did you start it right in London first? or No, we started in oh. a seaside town called Brighton on the south coast of okay. England. Um, and the reason we did that is because it is within 50 minutes of London. So we knew that the colleagues and friends we had in the music industry would be able to come visit the college um, and meet with the students because we realised quite early on that, you know, young people are super smart and um, they started to learn from the internet and not just from being in a classroom. Mm. Um, And we wanted people, we wanted young people to hear from professionals and that was really the biggest thing. I think you can only learn so much from teachers um, you really need to learn from people who are in the industry doing the work. Yeah. You know, um, so bringing colleagues and friends down from the music industry to talk about their experiences, what they were doing that week, was really important to the ethos of, of the company and what we were, were trying to do. But um, when we opened in Brighton, we opened to 180 students in the first year, it grew to 360, 480, 720, and before we knew it, within five years, we had 1,000 students. Wow. Um, which took us completely by surprise, because we only had a business plan to have a maximum of 300, maximum of 300 students um, in Brighton. But we really, Um, kind of captured the imagination of young people and we created an environment that didn't feel like a university or a college Mm. it felt like the music industry so young people felt very safe in our building and felt very supported through the creative process because music can be torturous as well you know if you're a songwriter you're writing a lot about your personal feelings and and your experiences Um, but then the other side of it was the parents really understood what we were doing because you know they had a guitarist kid who was slightly socially awkward in their bedrooms and mum and dad are scratching their heads going what am I going to do with Johnny upstairs you know and we come along and we can say well through what we've created here you're not only can your child play what they love doing which is guitar all day long um, but they can also get academic skills and credits for it. Yeah. Um, so mum and dad were really supportive, and that's why this thing just grew and grew. So. And then, how did you make the decision to jump over and? So in our years, uh, pre-music education, um, we'd both worked in the U.S. music industry as well as the U.K. In fact, in the international music industry. But I. I had an office in New York for a while and I lived there in 94, actually Sarah lived there in 94, we didn't know each other then. Um, But I've been working over here since about 79 um, and we we obviously had a good understanding of the music business here but it's actually quite different to the UK and one of the problems with the UK is that there's only about 8,000 people working it and we'd had 10,000 graduates after 10 years. Mm. So we started to get concerned that the business was getting too big for the jobs to study ratio. And so we thought, well, we wanna, we wanna keep doing this. This is such a great rewarding thing to do. But we couldn't just keep going in the UK. So we decided to sell our UK business. Oh, okay. And 
actually kind of used the money to come here, which meant that, you know, we've only got one investor and he's a friend of ours. So it meant that we could keep control of the business, which is very yeah. important. Because once businesses get big, you know, everybody wants to have a piece of them. So we kind of went back to where we started and it was a brave thing to do. Um, we were going to go to Brooklyn and start there. But we got invited to Detroit by a couple of people, one of which is Charlie, who's our investor, because he tried to get involved with us when we were in the UK. Oh, and okay. We, we had not worked out a deal, but he was like, well, come to Detroit, you know. And we also, American Idol actually called us and they wanted to partner with us too, but their short-termism and our long-termism was always going to be a bit of a clash. Mm. But anyway, we came here and we met Charlie and we took a brave step of saying no to Brooklyn and coming to Detroit. Yeah. We're so glad. <laughs> so, and when was that? that 2014. Was 2014, okay. Yeah. Just to repeat that. So, we're doing this interview in November of 2017. So, this really, it hasn't even been five years. No, You've been... it feels like a startup still. We're still learning about <laughs> Detroit. We're still mm -hmm. finding things that we hadn't even thought of. And, you know, it's a really special city. The musical talent here is incredible. Um, but it's a forgotten city. Yes. You know, and in terms of education and, and the level that young people come to us to study, they're at a really low level and it, it's, it's, it's hard work. Yeah. You know? I'm a music fan, but I'm not in it. That It's a, a bit underground. you got to find yeah. where everybody is. Mm. There's a little bit of flushing out who, mm. who the talent is and kind of getting them to trust you to come and yeah. be a part of the... And when we first came to Detroit, um, we realized that Detroit is a city that was built for 1.5 million people and there's only 700,000 people here. So everything is really spread. So we were trying to find the music scene and we realized within a couple of weeks that there was actually five, 10 music scenes um, and everyone was working in isolation. And as we were kind of finding out the venues and meeting the bands and everything, we'd say to them, well, why are you doing this? You know, what's next? And they're like, what do you mean what's next? Right. We're like, well, you're going on tour? You're going to try and get a record deal, you're going to release music, and everyone was like, what's the point? There's no point in us doing that, no one ever comes to Detroit, we just do this because we want to jam and we love it. And we looked at each other and thought, that's a big problem, because the, the, the lack of belief and the belief in the opportunity that actually it could be you that makes it, is not here for a lot of people in the city, or wasn't, you know? Right. I think it is changing slowly, but... A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna take time, because, you know, yeah. 30 years of of bankruptcy and blight and, you know, all the issues that Detroit's been through, they don't disappear overnight, right. just because people are investing in the city and new businesses are coming, you know? It's a real kind of ingrained attitude. Um, I think also to the establishment, music becomes a low priority. You know, when you get a city like this with so many problems, it's, yeah. it's kind of the last thing, probably on Mike Duggan's yeah. list, it'll be a very low priority. But, <laughs> but it's also a lifesaver for some people. Well, if, I was just oh, going to yeah. say, if you look back over the generations, if you took Motown out of this city, you know, that's a massive, that's like taking a limb off. And, oh, and, yeah. And, the, and the, the, the number of jobs that Motown provided, and in a knock-on effect, mm. but more importantly, the inspiration that it created is still going on today and it's 50 years ago now. Yeah. So, and it's not just Motown. If you look how big Eminem got and Kid Rock and now Big Sean, yeah. 
you know, there's whole generations of kids who look up to these guys and, and they, they can say, okay, well, if they can do it, we can do it. But actually, they can't without help. Because right. if you look at all those people, so Berry Gordy, Eminem, Kid Rock, who else did I say? Juan Atkins, Atkins would be good. Big Jack Sean. White, definitely. Yeah, Big Sean was You know, yeah. none of them made it without help. Right. I'm sure you might have seen that documentary uh, about Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre. Well, Eminem's big thing was without meeting Dr. Dre, he would never have got out of Detroit. Mm -hmm. And so we see ourselves as just a bit of a catalyst. Yeah. People can come here and feel connected to the music industry that we've been in all our lives. And if it's nothing more than that, that is something. Yeah. But actually, you know, it's, it's such a creative environment that kids start to overperform almost immediately and so you get you get many examples of kids who would otherwise never be in higher education who are suddenly in a position where they're the best at it <laughs> and that's where the inspiration comes from for us wow so okay there's so many things i want to ask you i gotta stay focused because we I mean, i'm probably gonna have to come back but let's uh you know, we're sitting in this really cool space, and I saw all the kids upstairs. We we got to see all the kids. Uh, so let's talk about how many kids are here right now, and what kind of programs you're offering right now here in Detroit. Yep. So we have um, just over 90 students studying full time with us, and they're all on a bachelor degree program, either in co uh, creative music performance, creative songwriting or music industry studies that is validated with uh, Metropolitan State University of Denver in Colorado. We also run short courses and part-time programs that are non-accredited that anyone can come to. So we have students from 12 years old to 80 years old come and study on some of our programs. Um, and we have about 200 students a year come through those non-accredited classes. Um, we also have a program um, that we're running at the Detroit School of Arts, which is Dime mm. at DSA. It's an after-school program where we're introducing um, high school students to three areas of the music business, songwriting, beat making, and music industry studies as well. Wow. So the typical age, though, that would be, I guess, your target student, would would they be high school, college? Yeah, uh, 18 to 26. Oh, okay. Typical okay. student, but, you okay. know, yeah, music's for everyone, so right. we, we don't turn down anyone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the record label. Yeah. So, so what Sarah was saying about when we got here and kids had given up hope, um, you know, when you're building a music college, this is the seventh we've done in 16 years. Um, and we've got one in Denver, by the way. So Dime Denver's so open. Seven, yeah. Fantastic building yeah. in there. We love Denver. Um, Shout out to Denver. Yeah. <laughs> um, sister city for us. So, you know, when you come and take, take a degree in America, it takes four years. In England, it's only three. And mm. in fact, you can cram it in England and do it in two. And, you know, the music business hires young. So we're very pro getting these qualifications truncated and into a short space of time. But it's still a long time. So if you're in a band in Detroit and you decide to come here, you don't want to put your career on hold right. for two or three or four years. You've got to keep advancing. And well, so you got to survive, right? You've got to yeah. be making so, the income. And so we had a look around the city, and there are some labels here, but they're specialist labels. So, for instance, oh, okay. Mac Avenue Records is a jazz label. Fantastic label. But... These kids are not into jazz. These kids are into their own music. Mm. 
and that we couldn't find a label that actually, if you're into um, Big Sean, say, or if you're into Ed Sheeran, as many kids are, there wasn't a label here that you could just go and talk to or meet or get discovered by. And so we thought, well, we'll start a label, but the label's not necessarily about dime. It's actually just for Detroit. And so we did a distribution deal with Capital Records. Capital, at the moment, the president of it is an English guy who we've worked with. And um, same with Universal. So, you know, right now, there's a lot of English influence in the global music industry. And so we thought, well, we'll just start a little label with Capital, and then if somebody great comes along, we can say to them, come and have a development deal, start putting a few records out. And, and so far we've got six acts mm -hmm. and we've put out four, four debut albums wow. and six EPs, I mm -hmm. think. Are you able to talk about the acts? That we can play them to you. Yeah. You yeah. can see them, yeah. <laughs> so, sure. the, so the biggest act we've got is a young girl who was actually runner-up on season 14 of American Idol um, from Farmington Hills in Michigan. Her name's Gina Irene Asciutto. Um, and we met her when she just finished, she was on the show when she was 16 and 17 years old. So we met her when she was 18 and she decided, she got record deals and offers in Los Angeles and New York, but she really wanted to come back to Detroit and represent her city. Um, so we made a record and it was out this year um, and she's fantastic. She is very young. She's very opinionated and she swears a lot. So we have to send you some clean we versions. We might not. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay, well that's She's right. got a big voice. She's got yeah. an incredible voice. Um, and then there is a, um, a young girl called Charity and she is from Detroit and she, we've released her EP and Kev's just finished recording her debut album, which we're really excited about. And she's played shows with Stevie Wonder's band and Eric Benet and wow. so she's She's, she's on her way. She is incredible. When you hear it, you won't believe how good she is. Yeah, she's Aww. incredible. Um, and then we have um, a young solo artist called Adventures with Vultures. We've just released his first EP, four-song EP. He's from P Plymouth in Michigan. Um, he is, he's got rap and hip-hop in his heart, but he actually sings like singer-songwriter folk music. Um, he's got an incredible voice and oh, he's awesome. Then we've got a duo called A Plus, who A -plus. are actually songwriters, and they're they've had an amazing she's career. Right. Yeah, one of them's right here because she's our head of vocals. Um, uh, so the two sisters, Anisha and Antea, and they have written songs for. They come in. Beyonce. So we're just talking about you. Yeah, come, come on, on in. Hi. Hi. How are we're, you? We're doing a podcast interview, and we were talking about A plus. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm coming in. Just to put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to say something about? Yeah. What, what What would you want me to say? What, what tell them. Tell them who you've written songs for. Uh, I've written songs for um, Justin Bieber, Jennifer Lopez, Beyonce, Sierra. Who am I missing? Jen, uh, the other one. Um, Tim Blake. Who? Tim Blake. No. Oh, no, not that one. Um, recently, Candace Glover. Glover won American Idol <laughs> season nine. Uh, recently, um, there's a new R&B artist that's this big thing. Her name is Her. Um, uh, Tiana Taylor, Kiki Palmer, the TV show's Fox. I mean, TV show's star and empire on Fox. Wow. Is that it? 
Let me get your name. Antea Shelton. Okay. I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but it's always no. fun to do that. No, it's all good. I'm just in between classes. It's raining, so I can't walk for food, so much. Oh, talk about giving some credit and pull for the students around here. Yeah. She's so passionate well, as well. is a classic example of everything we've ever done in the 16 years because she's the real deal. And you know, one of the problems, even if you do find a university that does a modern music course, finding people who are delivering that course, who have really made it in the music industry, there is none. Mm. And these kids are paying a fortune to go to on these courses. Mm. And they come out of it and no, they've no idea what to do. So what we do is, we show them, we actually let them be involved in the music industry. Mm. It's like a development deal, you know, a lot of our students start and they're heavy metal guitarist and then they get into jazz and funk and then they become a singer-songwriter and, you know, they can do all their development in the four walls of our building. So when they do leave and they try and get in the music industry, they're developed as artists, they've made all their mistakes when they're with us. Yeah. You know? So nice. they've got more chance of being successful. But it's really about realistic and attainable goals because where we started this conversation is it's not just about being on MTV, getting played on the radio and selling 10 million records. There are so many jobs in the music industry that are amazing jobs that you get paid well for, you can pay your mortgage, you can have a lovely standard of living. You know, so it's about educating young people to understand those available jobs in the industry. Yeah. And we learned on the tour that uh, you offer some other classes too, like how to pro protect your ears, I think. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we talk a lot about um, mental health and music. We talk a lot about looking after yourself. RSI, repetitive strain injury, is a big one for musicians because, oh, you know, yeah. just while you're learning, you're often doing the same thing over sure, and over again. Yeah. Um, so it's helping young people understand that. And then, you know, what these young people have to deal with growing up in Detroit is not like anything I have ever dealt with in any other city that I've lived in in Europe, you know. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of support that's that's needed um, and a lot of compassion that's needed mm -hmm. with the students. And generally when the going gets tough, young people's first reaction is just to run away. Right. And we're trying to hold on to them and say, look, you need to understand opportunity. You mm -hmm. know, you need to understand if you work hard, you will get a job in the music industry. Mm -hmm. You know, mm. and we had our first graduating class last summer. We had nine students that graduated from the bachelor degree program. Two of them were working full time in the music industry, earning all their money from the music industry. And the other seven, their income is like a piece of pie. They're earning some from being a corporate band, some from being in a singer-songwriter band and then other elements of teaching, etc. So, you know, it's just, it's helping young people understand they can do what they love and they don't have to leave music or just have music as a hobby. They can make a career and earn money out of music. Yeah, and this place too can scale. So let's talk about the highlights. So you just opened up the Denver School, right? Yeah. And you said one other, you had one other? Uh, well, there'll, there'll be a third one. Oh, there will be a but, third. Yeah. But we do have Dime Online. Dime Online. Okay, that's what yes, it was, yeah. Dime yeah. Online. So Dime okay. Online came first. So oh, we okay. sold our UK colleges, and we decided to start up online immediately. And one of the reasons for that, we had a number of young students come out of our UK colleges who went on to be hugely successful. So I think we had five that so sold debut albums over a million sales. 
And of course, when they get record deals and they're in the middle of their degree course, they've got to leave. Especially if they have a hit, because, you know, they're right. on the road all around the world. So we realised that this was a bit counterproductive. And so we started the online programme so that if someone gets a job in the music industry, they can take the job and keep going. Powerful, yeah. And, you know, it's already happening here. There's, there's one drummer who was, uh, he only did a year and a half here and he got a job touring and he's hardly ever in Detroit now. So we switched him onto the online program and he's going to pass his degree. Oh, very good. So that was the reason why we did it online. But actually, we, we started to find out that, you know, it's one thing coming to America, but everywhere is like America. And everywhere is struggling to find the information about how you get careers in the industry. So we're starting to develop Dime Online now, and it's in, Sarah was saying, it's in 22 countries. Wow. And in fact, next year, we're going to develop it even more. Let's flip it around and talk about how people can support your program, because I think one of the running themes about doing social enterprise in Detroit, you could be doing the most amazing amount of good, and everyone wants to come and... Um, talk to you, but not a lot of people fund their investment sure. or grants. Yeah, and that's real for everyone. And um, I know usually we bump into people because they are trying to scale that wall somehow, and mm -hmm. we rarely have an answer. We eke out something every <laughs> now and then, but um, but fortunately or unfortunately, it's a problem that everybody's trying to solve. But you guys are starting to. You've got a lot of. Uh, potential funders here because they like what you're doing. Yeah. Right? Well, it ticks the boxes for arts and education. Yeah. Um, but ways people can help is currently students um, they can apply for financial aid, but the maximum they will get is about seventy percent. So it means the students each year have to find somewhere between three thousand and four thousand dollars at least. Yeah. Um, and that's just to pay for tuition. Yeah. A lot of our students have problems with transport. They can't even get to college. Um, we have a young student who sits outside from 7.30 in the morning because that's when his uncle drives past on the way on his way to work and then he picks him up at 7 o'clock at night. It's yeah. the only way he can come to dine and he does it every single day. Um, there are some students that can't afford instruments. We have students that say, well, I'm homeless now. Um, I don't know if I can come to college for three weeks. There are a lot of um, drug problems within the families as well. So mm. young people are dealing with the most, the harshest um, things that life can throw at them in this city. All at the same time. All at the same time. And mm -hmm. they're trying to do something for themselves. They're trying to learn. They're trying to educate themselves. And it's tough. And it's really tough. And if people out there can take away a little bit of the financial burden then that would mean a lot to a lot of our young students. Yeah, so they could they can contact you guys and see what some, they can help either support in the form of a grant or um, see maybe with instruments or whatever yeah. they might be able to do to support. For sure, okay. for sure. Good. We also want to start running events in um, some other cities, um, like going up to Flint, for example, and taking, mm -hmm. because we know that there's young musicians in Flint that won't ever be able to afford the gas to come down to any of our right, events yeah. you know so we want to go and set up um, a day's workshop or a week's workshop and actually go to some of these communities and mm. say this is what so great. this is out here for you yeah. you know it's not about us it's about the next generation of musicians you know um, and these guys also they're meeting the next generation of the music industry because the collaboration and the relationships 
that they're building whilst being at Dime, they're going to take into their careers and the rest of their lives. Mm. You know, so the bigger and stronger that community, the more it works for everyone, really. Being the ever planner that I am, mm -hmm. I would love to see some sort of continuum of corporations that want to hire some of these students. students absolutely, come yeah. back and give you guys uh, support for yeah. tuition to keep keep yeah. it all going because you guys took the brave step yep. and are filling in the awkward gap. Mm -hmm. That's the hardest, hardest part. Yeah, and you're obviously great at it. We like. have a we have a lot of student debt here. Um, we just try and support every young person the best we can. Um, we have students that are on a payment plan and if they can only afford five dollars a month then we accept that. Um, we believe that um, if a student is responsible for their own debt and they're trying it's it's building character for their future careers anyway. Um, but what happens is corporations especially around holiday time come and say well do you have a band we've got this kind of event or we want a guitarist in the corner of our cocktail party or whatever it is and we try and give that opportunity to students with debt first so we okay. can say to them look you can if you concentrate you work hard and you create something that the public want you can start earning money while you're at college yeah and it's an important life lesson for a lot of these young people yeah you know? plus it's real it's experience. real it's real life and you know? it's a win for everybody yeah we have a lot of things we want to talk to you offline of the okay. podcast about hiring your folks. Well, how would they reach you? Um, learn about Dime Online. Maybe start with a website. Yeah. So yeah. Dime, Go on. Dime Online is www.dime-online.org, and then we have www.dime-detroit.com, and then www.dime-denver.com. Okay, also, um, and you can contact us through the website. There's info at email addresses and there's phone numbers. Okay. <clears throat> you can also available. just walk through the door. <laughs> yeah, right. If you're in Detroit, walk yeah. in. Just come to Detroit and come and see us. Yeah. yeah. And there's always somebody available to talk. So the, we use these rooms here yeah. for recruitment. Yeah. And we like it if they bring a parent because it's important to educate the parents about what we're doing as yeah. well. You know, especially because we're English, people are like, what the hell is this? <laughs> who, who are you? You know. Yeah. <clears throat> so. um, and there's just one more thing I'd like to mention, and that sure. goes back to the tuition thing. Because if you look at a lot of um, other colleges that are teaching music, whether they're jazz and classical programs, um, their tuition fees are about four or five times higher than ours. So it's really important for us um, to keep tuition lower and affordable. Um, we know how to do it because we've been in this industry for 18 years um, and we know it is possible and we have validating partners but our campuses will never get beyond a thousand students so we know how to streamline our classes, how to be cost effective and that enables us to keep the tuition down. So um, whilst we have some students that do want to come here that can't afford to, no one ever says your program is unaffordable or not worth the money. Well, that's you know? amazing what you guys are doing. Yeah, so we're just we're amazing. Trying. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, this closes out another great episode of the Bonfires of Social Enterprise. What a great interview. Thanks so much, guys, from Dime Detroit. You guys are so amazing. And it's time to meet one of the artists that have come from Dime. Please meet Constantine Jajash with the funky instrumental, Stellar. Until next time, keep those bonfires burning.